Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are talking to a purveyor of one of my favorite things, hot honey. I don't know if you've ever tried hot honey, but it is an unexpectedly fantastic flavor combo. You use it in situations where you would normally use like a Tabasco sauce. Kurt's my hot honey. No! Paul Rita had jumped in there and he just couldn't hold back the truth of our podcasting relationship. Uh, anyway, so I love hot honey and a, a listener sent me some of his own hot honey and I may have thought, man, I bet there's a story here. I got to hear this. And so I am joined today by Raul Benavides. Did I get that name right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Or thank close you, enough. <laughs> or close enough. Okay. So our guest today, Raul, is a, uh, a serial entrepreneur who came from a family of, of entrepreneurs so he's a, a generational entrepreneur here, and he's trying his hand at uh, this fabulous hot honey. We're going to talk through that journey. And the first, we were talking in the pre-interview, and I said, well, where'd you get the idea? And he immediately says, a dream. I said, all right, hold, stop there. We're just going to start start the interview. Uh, right, well, so let's start with, uh, first of all, your brand, Heart Soul Heat, heartsoulheat.com. What, what is it? Tell me about it. It's a bunch of things, right? You know, at the beginning, uh, at this stage, it is... Um, a one product store. I make this uh, 100% American made um, hot honey that only has three ingredients. The the name, the idea of hot honey all came from a dream about my grandfather hmm. who, uh, you know, has long passed away, but uh, he started this company called La Gardenia, which means the garden, which is still around today. It's a candy company that kind of specializes in um, hard sugar molded candies. It just, you know, in this very woo woo way, it just, I got the download and, and I, it was, uh, it came at the perfect time in my life with COVID. And I just started working on this thing and it started, it, you know, passing it to family and friends. And, and, and you know, of course I got the, I got the dot com right away. Cause I love heart soul heat is a, I love the name. It's just, it all kind of came in very into focus. So when did you start it? I mean, basically a year ago. Okay. So we're, we're early on. What were you doing when, 
you decide, what were you doing before when you? I've had many lives, Kurt. <laughs> I've had many of lives. I mean, my childhood dream was to be a photographer. And literally, I've, I've lived my dream. I uh, started as a, you know, a photo assistant at 16, you know, sweeping up photo studios after dark to try to get closer to the camera. I worked, you know, I worked as an assistant and kind of played every position in that world, which is kind of no longer. And then I started uh, making, you know, kind of intimate location portraits, everything from, oh, I know the band, Mashuga. Oh, okay. Yeah, good metal band. <laughs> yes. Uh, making uh, portraits uh, and sending these little postcards to magazines. And then I started getting all, getting all these jobs, um, you know, from photographing rappers to CEOs, uh, kind of this, the same kind of play. It's, we're talking about visuals that have to do with power and purpose, you know, and um, and it just kind of built into this, you know, wonderful career. I created all kinds of portraits with this eight by 10 cherry wood and brass camera. Oh, so like a big large format camera yeah large format i mean and uh, hustleblad all these all these you know magical tools that nobody uses anymore and um you know that that world kind of ended and then i started um a grip house which um is a lighting rental company for photographers so i i of course i you know incredible intimacy with all the stuff and what was happening is that the location photographers weren't really traveling with lighting anymore because the budgets got cut so when they came into Minneapolis, uh, I would rent them a, a equipment and, you know, worked with everyone from, you know, Annie Leibovitz to every, every, the who's who, you know. And um, I ran that for 10 years and, um, you know, kind of was very successful, but I was just, it was at the end of it. Then I had started a whole bunch of other things, multiple failures. Uh, I uh, was a crime scene pickup. Crime scene cleanup? Crime scene cleanup. Yes, I did crime scene cleanup. I um, I did yeah, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> a whole bunch of things I can't even talk about. I uh, <laughs> no, actually, I, I I knew someone who did this, so I know it. Like asking about it, you're just opening up just an endless series of traumas. So we'll we'll move past it. Yes. Well, luckily that 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 little that little thing didn't go very far, and I I didn't really pursue it too hard. I I got some jobs, and, and they really opened my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, but I um then I, I opened up a record store. I owned a record store for three years uh, because I was interested in opening up a record label, and uh, it was wonderful. You know, I met a whole bunch of people that love music, and they're still friends to this day. And it was it was it was successful. But I've um I've never been in a store before, and I felt like I was kind of stuck in this box, and it was kind of driving me batty. Oh, a whole bunch of stuff, Kurt. It goes on and on, on and on. So. I, um, you know, I call entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors, uh, the beautiful struggle uh, for me, they're supposed to be hard. That's what makes them good. I, I love, uh, starting things. I think the, the, the beginning of starting a new project is, is the, it's kind of, for me, the, the most romantic fun time, especially cause I have all this history and, um, at, at the beginning, when you have a project, you get to be scrappy and really agile. And, um, I just think that. You know, 2022 is one of the most wonderful times to start a new CPG brand. Why? Everything's, I mean, a lot of things are available. You know, I mean, Shopify, if, if, if you don't know Shopify that well, 
it's kind of overwhelming. As soon as you get into it, you realize, oh, this is actually super doable. Like, like just the whole Shopify ecosystem is really easy to manage. And if even if you want to hire a couple of consultants, you can do all that stuff kind of for pretty cheap. You've had such a series of uh, entrepreneurial experiences, and they've had, they have spanned time long enough where you have seen things change. Yep. How would you compare starting a business now? Because you have just started uh, this very modern business, a direct-to-consumer brand. How would you compare that to how things were in the past? Like, what's different now? What do you, you in your experience, what has changed? As small as this, this, this company, this one product company is at this point, it's also the, the, the one with the most reach. You know, it's a, it's a replenishable, you know, it's a condiment. And, um, it's one of those things that, um, everything that I was doing that was very limited, the idea of chicken feed is such a small thing, but uh, food and condiment spaces, uh, if you've got a mouth, you can be a part of it and it's, it's scary and, uh, it, it makes you vulnerable, but it's also incredibly rewarding because of all the people you can connect with. Well, by people you connect with, like your retail store, you meet people face to face here. You've got this, with the advantage of the internet is you could develop these one-to-many relationships where you really could develop a, I mean, you could talk to a city's worth of people in a day with a, a internet business. And that's kind of the, the strange, strange and wonderful thing about it. Um, going to this hot honey, three ingredients. Did you know any, it came to you in a dream. You want to get it, you want to get it made. You know what you want to do. What do you do next? Did you know anything at all about the hot honey or making a condiment? Because you had a lot of entrepreneurial experience. None of it's food related. Yeah, it's, it isn't food related. But I also, I mean, I've been an investor in a couple of restaurants. And I mean, I knew a whole bunch of chefy people. So I reached out to some people. And um, I, I, because it was COVID, it was kind of a beautiful time to just play. Which is kind of not something that we get to do. You know, um, COVID kind of granted people the space to be someone else or do something else. And uh, I just felt that, that this whole thing kind of lined up for me and I just took advantage of it. What's step one after you get the idea? Where do you go with it? Well, step one, one way or another, whether it was going to be honey or not, I got I got the dot com. I, I secured all the socials, you know. And that's Heart Soul Heat. HeartSoulHeat.com. Yep. Where'd you get the name? It came in the dream. Okay. So that's the first thing is we know we have the name. Yep. Did you then, did you also know, like what else did you know implicitly from morning one? Oh, from morning one, I knew I wanted to do a spicy sweet combination. All right. I'm with you. I love spicy sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spicy sweet. Um, I thought about doing, um, I thought about doing some spicy hard candies. You know, uh, but then the more, the more it, it just, it just kind of un, you know, it just uh, developed every day. It just became something else. It kind of snowballed. And then it, and then it got stuck here with the, with ghost honey. And I just, it, I just had time to play with it. I made a mash with, with vinegar and, and ghost peppers I chopped up. And, um, then I infused it with, with honey. I infused it with maple syrup. I infused it with a whole bunch of other things, but the honey kind of just stuck. And then um, I knew a friend that's a part of this uh, 
uh, pollinators, uh, kind of a save the bee organization. And she got me hooked up with some Minnesota um, beekeepers. Bought some honey and it hasn't, you know, put it in a bottle. It's, it's nothing's, my life has changed, you know? So it's the, so the, the honey you're able to locally source. Um, we need mash, which is vinegar and peppers. I assume, is, yep. is it ghost peppers? Yep. Excellent. Love some ghost peppers. Uh, though extraordinarily hot. Have they, <laughs> Have you ever had oh, any no, no. incidents not... with them? Oh yeah, yes. Uh, I would say even toxic. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Ghost peppers are. Yeah. Uh, I've had a little a couple incidents where I was mixing some stuff in the house, and uh, yeah, it was like literally got into my lungs. It was. It was a, an issue. But you know, live and learn. Live and learn. Um, but you know, the the thing that I'm really interested in is um, I'm interested in finding a way to like reinvent the idea of a hundred percent American made. You know, I think that we all have an idea that it, it looks a certain way. And I, I want to use this. Uh, I want to use heart, soul, heat kind of as a, a platform to like change the discussion. You know, uh, there's a lot of um, Hmong refugees here in Minnesota and I'm, uh, I'm working on trying to collaborate with them and bring all the ghost pepper farming and uh, into, into Minnesota. It's got a limited season because it's so cold here, but I, I want to, you know, it's my, it's my kind of like next year goal is to really put a, a faces, uh, you know, a face of diversity into these simple products into, and into this brand. Cause I, I think, um, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't talk about that or don't highlight that as a, as a selling point when people think about this 100% American made. So we want to, you're locally sourcing this honey. Our ghost peppers, we want to get locally sourced. I suppose you could grow them indoors, like a, I grow a large quantity of hydroponic basil in my basement year-round for our rabbit. Um, so I'm a <laughs> hydroponics <laughs> enthusiast. And I guess vinegar is just vinegar? Yeah, vinegar is just vinegar, yeah. Uh, you started this in the midst of a supply chain bottleneck. One of the things people ran into is like, oh, I could source, you know, I could source the stuff to make my product, but then it's like the packaging becomes the the issue. Where did you ever run into issues with uh, supply chain shortages? Yeah, I had some bottling uh, issues of sourcing bottles and lids. It, it resolved itself. It, it uh, luck, you know, it's kind of the nice thing about starting something is that you don't have tons of volume, and and the the issues that I had. I could, you know, sort of uh, patchwork a little network of of suppliers of bottles, and it took care of it. You know, now I have one, and it's so it's easy. Whatever issues I had, I don't have anymore. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. (laughs) Or you could just use Zipify one-click upsell created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store entrusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants. One-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. Plus, it's got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, 
launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to Zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Currently, you sell a single product, but it's a single product that is, uh, it's a, uh, you sell a single product, but it's a consumable good. And so the advantage, it kind of uh, the risk with selling a single product is how you know what's my customer lifetime value? How do I get repeat customers? Because I'm always acquiring new customers, and of course they are the hardest. A repeat customer is significantly more likely to buy uh, than a a new prospective customer who's never purchased. And the workaround, and that's the danger with single product, but in this case consumable good. Okay, they could keep rebuying, rebuying, rebuying um, as they run out. Did that, did that scare you? Did people try to dissuade you or did you go into it eyes open? Oh, I went into it totally eyes open. You know, and, and I also, um, I use um, Amazon in, in, a, in a different way that people do. The thing, I, what I love about Amazon, Amazon never lied into what it, what it is. We all know what it is. It's what we're going to do with the information. You know, so I do very little advertising on, on Amazon. And I also don't do FBA. I I literally ship out everything. And I ship out everything and every bottle and every package I sent from Amazon people have QR codes. If you have questions, you want to know more about the brand, and it all goes back to the site. So you can, in a very kind of subversive way, you can use Amazon in your in as a channel as long as you don't forget what Amazon is. So it's a it's a marketplace. It's a market, yeah. It's a marketplace, yeah. And the advantage here, especially like as a as a new brand, I think the way to view it is marketplaces, and not just Amazon, um, but like Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Walmart. You've got several options now, and I think the and they're pay to play. Like you, you pay to be on their platform by you give mm-hmm. either you you pay a monthly fee or you give up a cut or both. With those, though, the thing that you're getting in exchange for that is they're providing an audience to you. They're delivering that audience to you. And for you with a consumable good, oh, fabulous. You could sell the same thing on your website as the marketplaces. And then, so they discover it there because I may, maybe I know I like hot honey. Maybe I've bought a different hot honey in the past, or maybe you know, sometimes I'll just go on uh, Amazon and just start searching for spicy foods. And mm-hmm. so you'll discover stuff like this. It becomes a discoverability engine. And then, you know, as we saw in the, um, the Shopify e-commerce trends for 2022 is their recommendation was take a single hero product and list just that on a marketplace. Okay, well in that case, that that is fundamentally what you've done. Um, what's uh, so you're able to acquire, use it as discovery, acquire new customers that way, and then you know, do they keep ordering on Amazon and we're we're thrilled to have the money, or are you able to get them to your website? You know, a little bit of both. You know, a lot of times if if I get press. Like if I, I had a couple of uh, local, you know, TV spots, I was so surprised that my Amazon blew up. You know, it, it, it's where pe- people use it as a people kind of don't do, think about um, websites. I think how we because we obsess about them. I think that people are just trying to get the product in any way that they it's easier for them. You know, yeah, I think Amazon's a wonderful play if you can if you can think about it in the right way. What, Ed, condense it down for me. What's the right way to think about it? As this acquisition channel? 
acquisition channel, but also use it. Don't let it use you. The entrepreneurial, you know, uh, e-commerce space kind of, you know, falls into a bunch of different categories. And one of them is the, you know, seven figure dreamers. And, you know, these people that get caught up in these, they have some product and they want to launch on Amazon and they think that they're going to be, you know, driving the Lambos. And when it doesn't happen, they, they just don't know what else to do. You know, so it, it's, I think it's, Amazon is wonder, a wonderful thing if you're trying to build a brand as opposed to selling a product. And how do you get them, once they've acquired, do you, like, do you do a pack-in? Do you have any way to add some kind of offer to get them from purchase to back to your site? Yep. I, I have a QR code on the bottle. And then I also do a little postcard with another QR code, which goes to a um, uh, Octane IQ uh, quiz or AI, well, Octane AI quiz, and uh, with, with a nice discount. You know, so I know where it came, where they came from. You know, just trying to keep them on the site or ordering directly from us. You know, one of the struggles when people first start the brand is getting those initial customers, getting that awareness. And then later, once you figure out what does and doesn't work, scaling it up. When you're just in the dark, not knowing what path to go, that's so much harder than like deciding, okay, well, which way are we going to continue to scale? It's that like that initial zero to 100 orders. Talk me through that. I know you said like dropping it off at friends and family. So getting those people involved. Yeah, no, no, I, I like, I like friends and family to, to sample things, but I don't, I don't, I don't really, you know, hit up my friends and family to buy things where, um, where I got a lot of traction is, uh, in podcast advertising. Oh, really? Oh man. All right. How do you approach this? Well, first of all, it's it's a food product, right? And when I think about listening, because I'm also a, a, a big fan of podcasts and just audio media in general, it's a personal, sensual act, you know? And when you think about food, it, it's hard to, it, I think in 2022, it's hard to describe food in a photo or a video anymore. It's, it's that channel is a little bit broken, you know? You think we've um, just seen it so much? Yeah. You've seen it so much. I mean, it, and it, it's now it's, it's kind of pushed toward the outrageous and the TikTok, you know, uh, I think that there's something about having a trusted host, um, especially that's that's in a you know, in a, in a demo or a podcast that's the opposite of food. And of course, you know they they've already they tried the product before they committed to the ad read. Um, the, you know, podcast hosts are are really big time influencers, and uh, that's where we've had a lot of luck. All right, so you're doing in in podcasting with with ad reads with sponsorships. There's two kinds. There's host read ad, and then there's like those goofball inserted, like dynamic inserted ads. And you can always hear those because like suddenly the volume and the quality gets weird um, and they're they don't necessarily fit. um, But dynamic ad reads way cheaper often than doing host read ads. But it's often more accessible because with like you you apply to, I guess, an ad network. For the getting these these host read ads for with your podcast sponsorships, uh, how'd you do it? I mean, did did you do it? Did you start emailing podcasters? No, you know, I, I would have if I, if I thought they would answer, but <laughs> I don't think they do. I um I started really basic on this company called Podcorn. You you kind of it's like you do a little campaign. I'm looking for you know a business uh, podcast. Um, this is my budget. And then people just kind of submit, oh, 
um, we can do, uh, these are the dates are available. This is how much we charge for a mid, mid roll. This is what we charge for this or that. And it was a really cheap way to start and to kind of get my feet wet with it. And, um, I, I, I highly recommend the, the podcorn if you, if you're new to, new to it, but now we're doing, um, you know, we signed a big contract with PRX and, um, yeah, we're, oh, wow. we have, PRX yeah. public radio exchange. Yeah, part, I think Public Radio International. Yeah, PRX. Uh, well, if you listen to like NPR in Chicago, our local NPR affiliate, let's do any every morning WBEZ. Um, but like it, I mean, how many of the top twenty podcasts are PRX shows? Uh, this American Life, The Moth, TED Talks, uh, Snap Judgment. They have a whole bunch of them. So I can only imagine what getting into. <laughs> PRX's network costs, but I bet it's effective. You know, you know what's interesting? It doesn't cost that much. Oh, really? It it doesn't cost a lot because you're not buying a hundred percent of the of the voice. You're not buying a hundred percent of the audience. You only they only sell sell it in like twenty five percent increments. So twenty five percent of all the people that on this national thing, it's just more of a bite sized thing. It doesn't cost that much, and um, what what I like about it is that it's one of those things that works for me with this product you know it, it um like i said it's it's kind of a how do you express um an idea without seeing it you know a, a, i think a beautiful host read ad is um i don't know it's it, it it works and i really kind of advise anyone to kind of get their feet wet with it, it it's kind of fun uh it is fun i do enjoy <laughs> you know i'm yeah. on the other side of it i I greatly enjoy podcasting. I recommend, you know, if it's something that interests you, it's really not that tough to get into, um, whether it's as an, an advertiser or a guest or you know, trying to to run your own show. So the other thing I noticed on your site, you have recipes. And I think, like, anytime you are selling anything food-related, your immediate secret weapon that you would be you know, utterly – should just be punishable if you don't attempt it – is listing recipes. Have you? How long have you been doing that? Have you seen success with it? You know, I I've just started doing it recently. You know, I I photographed, I I, I shot all the pictures, and kind of came up with all the recipes, and I used the recipes um, as a way to uh, to do um, you know basically Instagram engagement ads with people who are interested in cocktails. So it's not my usual audience, but it's a way of getting people into the brand and kind of growing the following and. Um, some of it is I always think about I not I don't do conversion ads or I'm not really interested in Facebook ads in general. That's gonna be what my I'm next question. Yeah. What I'm interested in the most is engagement. You know, I want to find a way to get the energy to bounce around. And then and then of course you can retarget them later. Um but the the recipes work because people remember them and um and they're not a hard sell. Right. It's like here's here is free, valuable information. Yes, we encourage you to use our ingredient with it, but you don't have to. It, it's self-help. It's educational. I know recipes, I view our show as edutainment. I think recipes fall into that category. Like you don't want that everything to be the hard sell sales letter sales pitch, right? Like it doesn't work yeah, for everything. Course. I mean, some of these drinks just sound great. And it's we're, well early in the morning, but autumn ghost honey bourbon sangria. Sounds fabulous. Yeah. Say sangria correctly for me. Sangria? 
Thank you. Oh, yeah. Every time I say it, I'm self-conscious about it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That, 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 word isn't, that word doesn't seem that complicated, but everyone's kind of got the thing, I guess. Yeah. Sang- sangria. Not becoming fluent in Spanish is like my biggest, maybe my biggest life regret, truly. Well, and, and there's also like, which Spanish? Right. That's in this the, case, that's... You know, my mom's family is from Mexico, so uh-huh. that would, that's my definition of you know, what my Spanish would be. There's still time. <laughs> there is. And then I always, a year later, I'm like, this should have done it. A year later, should have done it. Really, I should, I should just do it. Where do you go from here with the brand, right? You've got one product. We're seeing success with, with podcast ads. We're seeing su- success with marketplaces. Um, we're doing some retargeting. We're getting people to reorder using uh, QR codes and pack-ins. Uh, we're, we're starting to do some organic SEO with these recipes. Mm-hmm. What... What's next? What else? Well, you know, what, I, what I'm really interested in is um, using it as a platform for philanthropy. You know, imagine uh, collaborating with like Joe Rogan on a hot sauce and every penny of the hot sauce sales or proceeds go to like an organization like No Kid Hungry. You know, or imagine, um, you know, connecting with like a graffiti artists like Futura, you know, famous, you know, urban artists making a hoodie or a shirt and every, every dollar goes to like inner city arts programs. I love this idea because we know brand collabs, limited editions work well. We know cause marketing when it is genuine, uh, works well. And that's, I'm cynical. So that's why I always hammer on like, all right, if you're going to do cause marketing, you better actually be doing it. And in this case, all right, we could combine both of those in a genuine and authentic way. Again, one of our, our 2022 trend keywords here, authenticity. And so combining all of these concepts, I love it. And as far as like product development go goes, really not that crazy, right? It, it's still the same product, but we're, we're changing the label and the messaging. Of course, of course. It's basically, you know, it's, it's being the medium for these, these two things that live separately and having them join together. And, and and just finding you know collaborators who want to do cool stuff and give it's actually incredibly easy if you find someone that can help be the medium. Have you started that process? I've ta- I've talked to a whole bunch of people, but I didn't want to get over my skis because I wanted to have some time and make sure that you know in a certain way you have to start on a very solid footing before you go you know into the inviting too many people. But um, I have a lot of a lot of things in place. I just need a little more time before I tighten the shoelaces. You don't want to rush into it. You want to have all your ducks in a row. You have this this wonderful photography background, and the photography on your site, uh, quite extraordinary, really uh, excellent. I assume that has helped you with, with social media content. I assume that um, is a, a wonderful skill to have. Do you have any, do you have any uh, photography tips for folks? As that's like, it's a, a great, great skill to have. Well, you know, well, the, the, this is the nice, this is the nice thing is it, it's all really accessible. You know, I, I think that the photography tip is, um, give your, give your product to people who are passionate about food or about whatever you're working with. I mean, UGC is the way to go. Interesting. The pro photographer is like, don't take the photos yourself, get your customers to do it. Yeah. Get your customers, but not even get your, get people who, who, who just are passionate. You know, I think it's, um. You know, um, the the photos on my site were um, 
done by a good friend of mine in Milwaukee, who's who's a professional food photographer, uh, Kevin Maizaki. And um, I love giving the product to photo friends of mine and be like, do something with this. <laughs> you know, like it's I love the idea of just giving people permission to have fun. There is a lot of freedom in that. And I think that's also the probably a uh, a mark of a good leader is, you know, knowing to just get out of the way and not be prescriptive instead. Like, all right, I've identified you identified someone where you go. I know that you take great photos. Here's my product. Have fun. And that's like such a great way to phrase. Look, I'm letting go. I'm stepping back and you do your thing. I have faith and trust in you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's also the part about dealing with professionals. You know, it's like, oh, you, you know, it's going to be good. You just don't know what it's going to be. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients, and you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Well, do you have any other pro tips on managing independent contractors like photography professionals? Uh, you know, pay your, pay your invoices on time, of course, helps. Well, you know, I mean, my, I, you know, when I had my rental company, I had a fleet of vehicles and whole, so many employees you know, I think that what I'm so happy about um, sort of e-commerce now and, and that I love the idea of being a solo entrepreneur, a solopreneur and hiring, you know, skilled professionals to do, you know, very focused tasks. It is. It's satisfying when it works. Like currently we have the whole series of projects going and everything is going swimmingly. And it is, you know, when I stop and think about it, it really, it's deeply satisfying. And I'm not even doing the work. It's funny, it's like how satisfying it is when you just get out of the way and let people do what they're good at. Where you really drive yourself crazy is when you're like, all right, I'm not a carpenter, but I'm going to get in there with this hammer and help these carpenters out. They don't want you there. Yeah, well, some of it is, you know, it's all about kind of where you are. And I love, I mean, the whole thing about starting is so much fun. Because, (laughs) no, no, because, you know. I fear that maybe we're romanticizing like the hard part of the journey. But because I know that when you get to the middle and then when you when you actually succeed, there's so many things to be accountable to that it, it the romance gets goes, you know, falls away quickly. So it's like year one's the excitement, year two, oh crap. And then you know, that's where, th- you know, make or break, things get real. And then you know, we end up in year three where it's like, all right, now I'm accountable to CPAs and potentially loan officers or investors like the scaling. Yeah, it works. But the, the excitement of the journey gives way to more like administrative aspects, standard operating procedures. Uh, some of the romance goes away. Yeah. Given your experience with entrepreneurship and your successes uh, and trials, and now with heart, soul, heat, you know, moving to um, this interesting Single product, consumable brand. We're going to add a social mission to it. You did, you're doing everything right, but also being um, intentional, mindful, and, and keeping it. I don't want to say simple is the wrong word. Keeping it efficient and focused. 
what advice would you give yourself? Would you have done anything differently? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't do anything differently. You know, I have just really big Sagittarius energy and, um, it, it is literally taking all my energy to not have 16 products and, <laughs> you know, like want to talk, you know, like want to be in every retailer in the country. Um, I, you know, the, the again, it's about, not wanting to get over your skis. Yeah. Yeah. There's but, value to that. Totally. Totally. But the beauty about this, you know, in a certain way, this brand is just a metaphor of, for, for me and where I am. I've, um, I've lived lives and I've done things and I realized that all of that glitz didn't make me happy. It, it, it takes you so long to figure out kind of your recipe for happiness. It's fun when you know you, you know, and I think um, in the middle of all this information that we get about e-commerce and numbers and things and that and the new app or the new thing, if you aren't happy, what, what matters? And that it's wise advice. It, it, it's a, it was a, a lot of whole, a whole bunch of heartbreak to get to that point. But it's someone I heard someone say recently that you know a lot of success in life is really learning what doesn't work for you, whether like what you what doesn't make you happy or what you're not going to be good at. That is as or more important than figuring out like what you are good at and what makes you happy. And unfortunately, it's a lot of it's going to be a lot of experience and heartbreak to get there. Well, and there's also that part, like if your your heart's not happy, what uh, what exactly are you pushing out into the universe? You know, like what you know? For me, I'm just I'm such an emotional person that if my heart's not happy, I'm not doing good work. You know, it well, it, for sure. And I think the thing I, I noticed for myself is it it absolutely colors the way you see the world, right? And so you have to, every so often, like you have to stop and take stock of like, okay, this is what's going right. This is what is fueling me. This is, you, know, you have to look at like, okay, these are all the positive things. And this is, you know, and refocus on that. And then suddenly you realize like, oh, you know, I got like, I got too deep into the 20% of things that don't make me happy. And in the process, you know, utterly ignored the 80 percent that do yeah and but it's, it, you it's know tough. And it's also, yeah it is tough but i think it's also this other part like i'm i'm a foolish man like i want to be a foolish man I, i'm not interested in the numbers i'm not inspired by making money i'm inspired by you know creating i want to make something that wasn't there yesterday and i want to find a way to touch people it's just a, a purity of creative pursuit and that could take you far well, some of it is also too, like, that's how I've lived my life, you know? Um, and, and also I've gotten whooped, you know, Kurt, I've gotten, it, it, it's been ugly, you know, <laughs> but, but, I, but it's also too that I love working and I know that my way out of something is by creating something else. I just sometimes like the days where I get really deep in my head are the days in which I just didn't do much. And, you know, the reality, like the days where I'm really, I'm like, wow, that was great. It's because I, those are the days where I'm like, I sat down and I, I made something creative. You know, I was able mm -hmm. to put my, my energy into making something. And whether that's like a design for a client or, you know, a drawing for my daughter, same result. You know, it's not necessarily that like I, I made something productive. It's that, I don't know, I suppose I just, I made something. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right. Well, because it's also the opposite of that. 
is not making something, you know, or making something for someone else that, that you don't care about. You know, I, I think that there's this thing about e-commerce or about, you know, business and creativity in general. It's, it's, you're, you're literally channeling some, channeling some magic. You know, this dream I had about my grandfather, this isn't something that, this is just, it just came in and I was, I was in the right space to hear it. You know, um, there was, I remember these, this interview with Tom Waits where he's driving and he's stuck in traffic and he has this amazing idea and he talks, he talks to the sky and says, come back later. I can't, can't take this idea right now. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's. This thing about creativity, it's 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 magical. It's not, there isn't a way of making sense to it, you know. If we're lucky enough, every now and then we get to pick up on something, and we don't know where the idea came from. We just know that it came, and we that that we were mature enough, or our eyes were open enough to see it. That's where we're closing the show because that is fantastic advice. Uh, if I wanted to get some ghost honey, sweet heat, where do I go? You go to heartsoulheat.com and I also have a little discount code for anyone who's interested in sampling let's hear it Kurt 20 Kurt 20 for 20% off your first order and I if you like hot sauce give this a try I absolutely love this stuff so far I've been putting it on pizza but I saw a photo where you put it on uh, cheese you put it on ice cream cornbread it just goes on all kinds of things and it's wonderful yeah, fried foods. Fried foods. Put on some some KFC. Uh, okay, uh, Raul, this has been. Well, I feel inspired. I mean, this really quite. Uh, this was soup for the soul. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of course, thank you. Heartsoulheat.com. Use code Kurt twenty. Check it out. Privy is the fastest way to grow sales with email and SMS. You can build your list, save abandoned carts, send money making emails and texts, and more, all in one place. Plus, you'll get coaching and support from e-commerce experts no matter where you start. Privy is the number one rated sales app on Shopify and has helped merchants deliver over 7 billion in online sales. Join the thousands of merchants growing with Privy by signing up for a free 15-day trial today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify to get started. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The Unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening.